Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Brian Alvarez, and this is today's edition of the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network. How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Holy smokes, it's Monday here in this program, and we have a lot to talk about here. I have not spoken to you, friends, since Friday, and in that time, a lot has happened. There was a SmackDown show, there was a Rampage show, there was a Full Gear show, there was a New Japan Battle in the Valley show. There's a Raw show tonight. There's Survivor Series on Sunday. I think it's Sunday this year. And uh, believe it or not, we actually have four matches for Survivor Series because apparently at some point they just announced on WWE.com that Becky Lynch will be facing Charlotte Flair champion versus champion and Big E will be facing Roman Reigns champion versus champion. No angles on television, no storylines. They just... Put the matches up on WWE.com. If you're upset that I'm opening talking about WWE, we'll be talking about other stuff after the break because there is nothing else to talk about given that tonight's Raw, there are no matches announced. Therefore, I have nothing to talk about in terms of Raw here tonight. So, moving on. Coming back from the break, we'll talk about AEW Full Gear. They had a fantastic pay-per-view in the ring. I had six matches, four stars and above. Dave had even more than that. Obviously, star ratings are subjective. And because there are so many different kinds of matches in AEW, even if you thought many of these matches were awesome, it's very likely that you will disagree with me or Dave or I will disagree with you about what the best matches on the show were. But one way or the other, in the ring... I thought it was one of the best AEW pay-per-views of all time. Ole Hangers, the new AEW champion, he beat Kenny Omega to win the title. Paid off a multi-year storyline with multi-years to come. We'll talk about that and so much more. A lot to get into today. Back in a moment with more Wrestling Observer Live. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Work. 
back on the show, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Semper Vivi here with you. Brian Alvarez. Well, he was here, then he just disappeared. So I don't know if he's got a delivery at the door, is dealing with some screaming kids, or just fell down the steps. Not not exactly sure, but I think I hear the door slamming, which means he's getting back in the chair right now. We're back now. already? We're back. Golly. I leave for two seconds. That was two minutes, buddy. Was it really two minutes? I think two Dom. You know, I think Dom's angry that he wasn't able to make it to uh, to New Japan, uh, <laughs> the Battle in the Valley, and so he he cut short that that commercial segment right there. Showing you up. Yeah, I literally went in and combed my hair. Did it really take <laughs> that that's long? What you did for that? You to go comb your hair. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're on the air, brother. It's video. Now listen, give me sixty uninterrupted sec sec uh, seconds here. Then I'm going to move on. All right. All right. I just got to get this out of the way very quickly, okay? Because I already got people mad that Ross tonight, Survivor Series, the fourth or fifth biggest paper of the year, Saturday or Sunday, whatever, and I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to spend the whole day talking about Full Gear in New Japan. Bro, what do you want me to do? SmackDown had zero matches announced on Friday. I'm sorry, they had one, but they hadn't promoted it in two days. Raw is tonight. There are zero matches announced. Survivor Series is on Sunday. We have four matches, all of which have been announced on social media. And two of them that were announced on social media, the entire next week was spent switching everybody around in the teams. What do you want me to do? Indie promotions do a better job booking for big shows. Indie promotions do a better job of of promoting their big shows. Bro, I'm giving it exactly as much attention as it deserves. If they want people to be talking about the show or me talking about on the radio or whatever, bro, then do a better job. I literally went up to see what was on Raw. There was nothing. I went to Wikipedia to find out the card, and I had to click that little, you know, they put the little number up in the corner to find out, like, you know, uh, the the whatever. And I go down there, and it's, it's a link to WWE. I go up to WWE. Oh, there's the announcement of the champion versus champion match. There was no mention of this on SmackDown. There's been no mention of this on Raw. I'm not wasting my time. I got Far more interesting things to talk about than what WWE is doing the week of Survivor Series. If they do a better job tonight, if they do like angles and promotion and everything, I'll talk about it tomorrow. But today, I ain't going to do it. Do you know, by the way, I wrote an article for Sports Illustrated. It's up right now on my Twitter, at Brian Alvarez. Results of full gear and the story of old hanger. And yes, I couldn't help myself. I had to refer to him as old hanger in the article. The show was great. Dave, I think he said there were eight. I don't know if he said eight. I think he said eight. Four-star matches are above out of ten. I had six. But, you know, the thing, as I noted in my article for Sports Illustrated, the thing with this show is every match is is different. And, you know, what's funny is when I went to Dave's to watch the show, it was a full house. There were like 15 people watching the pay-per-view. And you'll never know what happened you know, you know what happens when you have 15 people watching a pay-per-view? Everyone thinks everything is either good or bad based on their own opinion. Like, you know, the the Young Bucks match. I mean, there's people that think that was a five-star match. There were also people there at the party who were like, there's way too much stuff. I mean, way too many things. It burns me out as a viewer. Everybody has a different opinion about what they like or don't like in their wrestling. And that's going to happen with AEW because... Unlike WWE, and I'm not saying this is a negative, it is just what it is, Vince likes one style of wrestling, and everybody needs to work that style. 
And if you don't work the style, he don't he don't he doesn't get it. He doesn't like it, and he doesn't push you or do anything with you for the most part. There there are rare exceptions, but MJF and Darby, fabulous wrestling match with a pure babyface and a pure heel, no questions. Lucha Brothers and FTR way better than the first match they had. You had Lucha Libre. You had uh, old school pro wrestling style workers in FTR melding everything together into this match. Danielson and Miro, two former WWE guys, having a match they could never have in WWE, but it was a great match. Christian and Jurassic Express uh, versus the Young Bucks and uh, Adam Cole. Just, they went out there trying to have a five-star crazy match. Maybe you thought it was, maybe you thought it wasn't. But that was the goal, and it was unlike anything else we'd seen thus far. Cody Rhodes and Pac versus Malachi Black and Andrade. They had the feuding partners gimmick here, which, like, that's all we see in WWE, so it's irritating. In AEW, virtually all the teams actually like each other. And so it's something different when you have teams that don't like each other. And obviously the reason here is we're likely leading to a four-away with these individuals, I would think. Britt Baker and Ty Conti was your women's match. I could talk a lot about that match. CM Punk and Eddie Kingston was a fight. They just went out there and they fought. We had the inner, we had pro wrestling versus MMA in the inner circle versus the men of the year in American top team. And they, they didn't idiot proof it. I mean, they went out there and they had a match with these MMA fighters. And luckily, Dan Lambert and Andre Arlovsky didn't do a lot. But man, Junior Dos Santos did. And they took out, they took every trick in the book to try to make this a, a great match. And while you can't necessarily say it was a great match, it was way better than I expected. And they had a really, really nice finish to celebrate Eddie Guerrero. Adam Page and Kenny Omega in the main event. Just a classic old-school world championship match. Played off a story from uh, literally over two years ago. Further, if you go back to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks always seconding Kenny Omega to his big match at the Tokyo Dome. You literally could go back like five years if you wanted to for this story. But old Hanger won. Uh, the Young Bucks were there at ringside like they weren't two years ago for his first shot. They did not interfere. In fact, they gave him the nod to finish the job. There's many years left of the storyline. But this was the ending of the first act of this storyline. I thought the show was great. What did you think? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. And I can't believe that uh, the people that saw it, anybody would have any other thing to say besides it was fantastic. And you know, with All Out coming right before this, we're in, and New Japan started to change this, where it's hard to now compare these pay-per-views of today with the past. You know, my default switch being old was always like 89 Great American Bash. You can't even compare these cards anymore with the type of athletes and where the business has gone. You just have to take, like, this newer era, and you can compare these with the New Japan Tokyo Do Dome shows and things like that. I mean, I thought it was outstanding from pillar to post, and even the stuff that was not great from bell to bell all had a purpose and a story and a place to go. So it was a win, I thought, all the way across the board. They gave people what they wanted at the end with Hangman Page standing tall with the title, and you got some intrigue in there with his interaction with the Young Bucks. So I thought the entire thing went fantastic for AEW and I thought it was a winning weekend on what was a really busy weekend for professional wrestling so we did have the debut of Jay Lethal 
Somebody had the number of people that debuted for AW on pay-per-view over the past year, and it was like eight or ten or some ridiculous number. And, you know, the whole Ring of Honor situation occurred, and uh, everybody's deal. You know, the the gist of the story the day that it occurred was, you know, everybody is free to do whatever they want, but they are still committed for the last Ring of Honor taping and the final battle pay-per-view. That's what was said. That's largely true. But, you know, if you if you want to do something, you talk to Ring of Honor. And what happened was Jay Lethal got his release. He is no longer with Ring of Honor. He is full-time with AEW. He debuts on Wednesday in a match for the TNT title against Sammy Guevara. And he is not the last that will be jumping ship from from one place to another. But that was the only debut on the show, although they did announce that this coming Wednesday, we will have another AW debut based off what happened on the pay-per-view, and that is Tomohiro Ishii, who will be teaming up with Orange Cassidy to face the Butcher and the Blade. And it does very much appear that at some point very soon, Okada is going to be making his debut in AEW. Neither of them, obviously, have signed. They're still with New Japan. But the the forbidden door is open, and uh, we got people in this country, and they will be coming in. So we're going to talk more about this after the break, the New Japan Battle in the Valley show, which was Saturday, head-to-head with AEW, and which was a fantastic show. Injuries on that show and more. There's a taping for New Japan Strong tonight. Filthy Tom is getting ready. He'll be on the show later this afternoon to talk about Battle in the Valley tonight and much, much more. So a very, very big day. Back in a moment, Observer Live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Back in the show, Brian Elber is here, Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Watch all of Full Gear through the Cody Rhodes match. Then we packed up and we went to the San Jose Civic Center for the New Japan Battle in the Valley show. Third row. Awesome show. Great crowd. Not a huge crowd. About 1,600 in the, uh, in the building. But, man, they were, they were excited, especially for a couple of the matches here. And then when it was over, went back to Dave's and uh, watched the rest of Full Gear, did a show. Yeah. Slept, flew mm. home. Did another show. Wrote an article for Sports Illustrated. It was available on my Twitter right now. And then, like, I died. I'm surprised I woke up this morning. So we had the Josh Alexander-Yuya Uemura match. Great wrestling match. Exactly what you expect. Josh Alexander's great. Uemura's great. Went about 11 minutes. 
and just a, a, a good, strong wrestling match. Alexander won with the ankle lock. Bateman and Mysterioso beat Brody King and Chris Dickinson. We'll talk about Chris Dickinson here in a moment, but he suffered a an injury, a very serious injury, and was stretchered out. Fred Rosser, David Finley, Rocky Romero, Alex Coglin, and Alex Zane versus Tom Lawler, J.R. Kratos, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaacs. This match was the greatest. Like, it was so... If you watched this, I haven't watched it back yet. Maybe it was just as awesome watching on Fight TV or New Japan World, but I can't imagine it being better than being there live. It was so great. This and the Moose match, absolute total crowd-pleasing matches. I mean, they loved this match. Fred Rosser got the win. He's challenging Filthy Tom tonight for the Never or the New Japan Strong Openweight title. I think this may be the end of the road for old Filthy Tom tonight, but we'll we'll know here soon enough. Clark Connors, Carl Fredericks beat Jeff Cobb and TJP. Big win for the New Japan LA Dojo. Former Young Lions, now, now all decked out in colors. Got the win over TJP. Good match. Will Osprey, Ren Narita, had a very, very good match. A classic New Japan style match. First ten minutes, you're like, man, day off here for Will Osprey. Last ten minutes, not a day off for Will Osprey. They had a great match. He won with the Hidden Blade, Moose, and Juice. Another crowd pleaser, and it was awesome. Moose ended up beating him with a spear. They worked their asses off. These fans were going crazy for this match. I thought this was, uh, I thought this and the Rosser Filthy match were like the two best matches on the show. And it's same thing with uh, with AW. I mean, everything was different. If you want to argue that the She match was the best or Okada Buddy Matthews, whatever, like knock yourselves out. But those were my two favorites. Okada and Buddy Matthews was a a very good match. It was not like a, an Okada Tokyo Dome match or anything like that. Matthews looked good. Okada was a massive star to these people. Okada got the win with the Rainmaker. And uh, finally, Ishii and uh, Jay White, main event, almost 30 minutes, which was too long for this crowd at this time of night. But Ishii is so good that even though I think half the crowd might have been asleep for the first 15 minutes of the match, they woke up at the end. And Ishii is just, he's fantastic. Jay White's fantastic. Ishii got the win, won the Never Open Way title. And it's really weird because he wins the title. Everybody's going crazy. They hand him the belt, and he, you know, holds his head or whatever he's selling, and he walks to the back. Jay White's there in the middle of the ring. Everyone's been heckling Jay all night. Ah, Jay, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I thought he was going to do like a promo or something like that. But. The guys just came and they carted him to the back. It was very awkward and the show was just over. So it was a weird ending to the show. It just kind of ended. And then they told us that we could go home and we all went home. But, man, that was a good match as well. Would have been better eight, ten minutes shorter. I know Dave says, well, you know, for the story, that's what they had. No, they didn't have to do that. You could have done this match in 18 minutes. I promise you could have done it. And it would have been an awesome match. But overall, I mean... As I mentioned on the Brian and Vinny show and the Dave show, actually, if you put together all the matches I watched at Full Gear and all the matches I watched on this show, I don't think I've ever had a day in my life where I saw more good wrestling in one 24-hour period. It was it was awesome. Just imagine if you were one of those people that started off your day by watching the Nick Gage Invitational. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, to add on to all the great wrestling that you watched. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to me, the match going on nearly a half hour, I saw it the next day. <laughs> so it made it a lot easier. And I think after watching Full Gear to go and then anybody that went and watched New Japan right away, I think by the time you got to the end of it, yeah, I think that didn't help matters, uh, I don't think, a lot. But, you know, she and Jay White are just fantastic. Jay White is really one of the best wrestlers in the world. She, I thought it was because of the story they were telling. I didn't think there was any doubt he was going to win the title. I don't think this means that Jay White is going to be leaving, as a lot of people love to banter about there. Could Finley and Juice Robinson be leaving? Absolutely, especially the way Juice went out and did it the right way there. And Moose is another one of those guys that talked about Chris Dickinson. Now we see Jonah Rock there. Alex Zane is back. I'm sure Blake Christian is going to be back. There are guys where we haven't even scratched the surface on what we could see in New Japan Strong, let alone when any of these guys, when imported into New Japan, what they could actually bring for tours. And I think my other big takeaway is, Boy, are they in a great position when it comes to foreign talent and young talent. Uemura, once again, impresses in there with Josh Alexander, another name. You know, I think we've seen him in Noah, but we haven't seen him in New Japan yet. Him in New Japan Strong, what a perfect, the perfect person to be walking right in there. Uh, Chris Bay, we haven't seen over yet, but Alex Coughlin and Carl Fredericks, Clark Connors, that triumvirate of guys that they have, being led by by Coughlin is something else, and he is the he was the standout against Filthy at Bloodsport, and he was the standout here again tonight, or here again tonight over the weekend with J.R. Kratos. I'm sure you'll talk about that spot again. It was fantastic. I mean, a guy that size can Carolyn lift anybody, and at some point we're probably going to see him do that. It, it just a remarkable physical specimen and a real testament all of these guys and how they're performing right now to the dojo system and Shibata and what he's doing here in the States. All right. So, yes, everyone's talking about Jay White and Juice Robinson and David Finley. And I don't know anything. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'll put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if I woke up tomorrow and it turns out that, uh, or, you know, not necessarily tomorrow, but if it turns out that very, very soon Juice and... Uh, and David Finley are done with New Japan, that would not surprise me. Nope. If it turns out that Jay White is done, I would be very surprised, okay? Same. I know that Jay White is insisting that he did not sign a seven-year deal, okay? I'm not going to say that the guy is lying, because I don't know. I've never seen his contract, okay? But what I know, and I've, I've mentioned this forever, is that I know people who asked him what his availability would be a few years ago, and he told them he had signed a seven-year deal with New Japan, okay? I see no reason that he would have lied to these people, all right? Maybe there was some sort of confusion. Maybe it was a four-year deal with a three-year option. And the four I don't know, okay? But 100% for sure, he told people that he had signed a seven-year deal with New Japan, okay? That's all I know. Maybe, Brian, maybe there's something about this we don't know, but I don't think Jay White's going to. And he's done this before. He did this earlier in this year, and he ended up staying with New Japan. He wasn't about to leave. So we'll see. Well, and the, the, one of the big things is, too, remember, everybody's got to remember on what was going on at the time. New Japan really wanted to keep Jay White, and they really wanted to go out of their way to keep Jay White. So 
you know, I guess we can just leave it at that again because it's just playing over details of his contract, which not a whole lot of people know. But again, did they put significant, you know, interest behind Jay White? Yes. And it seemed to be reciprocated no matter what he seems to be saying right now, which again is good for people wondering what is going on with Jay White with him being over here in the States. He wasn't into a title picture like Will Ospreay and the IWGP title. He, you know, he wasn't maybe on the way out like Juice and, and Finn. So what does he have going on here? He's recruited Chris Bay into Bullet Club. He's, you know, making people talk about him. So how else are you going to keep your name in the mix right now besides trying to blur reality and, and you know, trying to get people talking? And what's the way to do that? The forbidden door, of course. Should mention the injury to Chris Dickinson. He posted a statement Monday. He's undergoing surgery today or tomorrow. He dislocated his leg out of the rear of his hip socket mm. doing a frog splash at Battle in the Valley. He experienced an acetabulum posterior wall fracture. It's a gorilla monsoon. That does not sound good. And he wrote the process of dealing with the pain of the dislocation is unlike anything he's ever experienced. Timeline he is given for recovery is within the range of six months. He is hoping to be able to make it back in five if everything goes right. Uh, he said, I dislocated my leg out of the rear of the hip socket. It's a clean break of one piece about the size of your thumb. And it needs to be reattached. Otherwise, the femur can easily slip out of place. Hip injuries are generally way worse. I'm in good hands with highly experienced trauma surgeons that deal with way more extensive injuries brought on by car accidents, motorcycle accidents, etc. Mm. Worst pain he's ever experienced in his lifetime. And uh, all the best to the Dirty Daddy. We'll get him here on the show here in the, uh, I don't know how near future, but we will at some point. And uh, hopefully he can help get his spirits up. Back in a moment, Observer Live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Semper, VB, also WrestlingObserver.com. Today, I actually have a guy arguing with me about what time the Safeway closes by my house. Oh, yeah? What time? It closes at 1. 1? See, they cut us back here to 9 o'clock now for most of these stores because they don't have anybody to work. So they're cutting it back big time. It's very annoying. Well, yes, because, in fact, you know, people... You know what I learned? The world is big. Really? How'd you learn that? Well, I was on an airplane yesterday. I looked down and went, God damn, look at the size of this place. Mm -hmm. But anyway, the point is there's there's people all over the world, and there's stores everywhere. And they're open or closed at different times. So don't yell at me about what time my Safeway closes. I'm telling you, it closes at 1. In fact, I can drive 15 minutes to Hagen. They're open all night. 24 hours I could go to Hagen. They're open all night long. You live near a so the point is, yes, I can be upset that the Safeway in San Jose closed at 11 on a Saturday night. That's ridiculous. So did the Taco Bell. At 11 did that Taco Dude, Bell? Dom, you're actually, you're, you're actually lucky, Dom, you didn't go with us because you would have had to witness this firsthand. 
Man, Alex Zane just picking up a boulder and throwing it through the window there. Oh, man, Alex Zane ain't got no Taco Bell because there's no way he was out of that building before they, they closed that San Jose Taco Bell. <laughs> hey, you know, thank God he's actually back on the scene now because talk about the effects of these injuries of Mance Warner and Chris Dickinson, who was teaming with Starboy Charlie, who broke his leg. Uh, you know, the <laughs> GCW at the Hammerstein uh, in New York in January. Uh, guys, unfortunately, that they were banking on now off of this show. And Dickinson's injury, he and Mance Warner both, you know, I, I for Dickinson, New Japan, I'm sure, is going to be helping out with this. But what a terrible time. Talked about it last week, his kind of journey to get to somewhere where he's always wanted to be. And now you have... You know, this setback put in his place in just a terrible time for it to happen. But hopefully he's getting, you know, the top, you know, tier care that he can absolutely get. So, again, that's another thing about Ring of Honor going away where, you know, guys, you get injured doing this stuff, men and women, because it's a contact sport. And guys and, and women get hurt all the time, you know, to have another reputable place not in business right now, who don't have money behind them, who don't have big backing like Sinclair, you know, it, it's sad. And we'll see what happens moving forward with Ring of Honor now with them not using contracted talent, or at least that's the way it's going to look, look like when they start back up again, whether they decide to have a six or an eight-person core actually under contracts at that time, we'll see. But, you know, that's another thing about some of this, you know, some of the changes that are made. They're good in some ways, but they're terrible in others. Okay, so after he missed an autograph session Sunday due to an announced injury, AW's Eddie Kingston tweeted Monday his shoulders are fine and he will miss no time. Kingston said he will be at Northeast Wrestling this weekend for their Autumn Ambush show where he faces Brian Anthony and Vito in a handicap match. Unknown whether he is scheduled for this Wednesday's Dynamite. Kingston and Malachi both pulled out of an autograph session at New York's The Big Event Sunday due to injuries sustained at full gear. Mike Johnson later reported he was told there was no injury from the match itself, but that Kingston was suffering from a culmination of different issues. Well, here's what I can tell you about this. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Eddie Kingston's been doing this for a long time. And I remember I used to watch Kurt Angle in, like, 2003, 2004. And this dude's out there just having these killer matches, and he looks great. And I thought, man, this guy's just such a, such a machine. Like, he broke his neck in the Olympics. But, like, he's just, he's fully 100% out here. He's just, then it turns out that he is, you know, his his body is is just absolutely racked, racked with pain constantly. Neck with paper mache. And I don't know what the situation is with, with Eddie Kingston. But my my guess is the, the answer to this story or the, the, the con, you know, I don't want to say conflicting issues, but. He pulled out of his show, and then he said he was fine. Dude, a guy like Eddie, I'm sure there are days when Eddie wakes up, especially probably the day after a match, and it feels like he's he's Wiley Coyote falling off the cliff, and then the boulder falls and lands on him. And, like, the idea of I got to immediately get on a plane and I got to go somewhere, and I got, it's just not going to happen. Man, but, look, long, but, but long, not long necessarily, not necessarily like he needs his labrum. Like Kenny Omega needs, he's got a torn labrum. He's working these matches. And Eddie may have a torn labrum, but I think the deal with Eddie's going to have good days and he's going to have bad days. There it is. And if he has his good days, everything's good. And if he has his bad days, 
It could be any body part. It's yes. going to be a bad day. So that's a story with this King's happens as you get older anyway. So you try to stay in the best shape you can while you're younger. Boy, you can just run through walls and then you can't anymore. And some days you wake up and they're worse than others. And that's the, the bottom line is sometimes you can get up and go, I can't make it to this show. I can't do the travel. I can't crunch my body that way. Maybe you could actually even wrestle, but it's all the other stuff to get there, getting on the plane, off the plane, out of the car, into the car, all of that stuff. The stress on your mind is your body's already hurting. And then you could try to put that into gear. Sometimes it's just, it's better to, to take the day off to cancel the book. And it's really disappointing, obviously, and it's better to do it you know, as much as you can in advance. But things happen, especially with these guys at this level and at this point in their careers with their bodies. It just it's unfortunately it's going to happen. I'm not comparing Eddie Kingston to Kurt Angle because of the the drugs that Kurt Angle was on oh, at the time. Who, who, I'm talking specifically that. what a person's body feels like inside compared to what you think when you watch them. I could use The Undertaker. Undertaker, this was in this was in the late nineties. This was like ninety eight, ninety nine years old. This guy, like, think about how the Undertaker worked in ninety eight, ninety nine. He was still hitting the ropes and flying over the top and everything like that. That guy was in so much pain that he told people that he was going to retire literally at any time. He then went twenty more years, <laughs> but you would not know from watching the Undertaker. And the same would go for I'm sure a lot of people today. You wouldn't know from looking at them. And the way they work, the kind of pain that they are in. And then, of course, there are others like, uh, you know, Brian Danielson, who should be racked with pain. But then he claims he feels better than he's ever felt in his life. So everyone's different. Everyone's got their injuries or their lack of injuries. Football, boxing, any combat, you know, what other profession, you know, where you learn to get into it by jumping up in the air and landing flat on your back with your arms out. And, you know, that's to cushion the blow. And then you do that over and over and over. And, and it, that look, this is just the way it goes. And everybody's got their, their bump card. We all have it in our everyday lives as well, too. But, again, in the ring is, is – Kurt Angle is just amazing on every single level. And every once in a while, I'll see a, a GIF of him from Impact or those late days of WWE where he was in really bad shape in a lot of different ways. And for a guy that did not grow up liking pro wrestling, for him to do what he did is such a natural. He was such a natural in every single way. Just absolutely an amazing, amazing guy. We've got Dynamite this coming Wednesday, Orange Cassidy and Tomohiro Ishii versus The Butcher and The Blade. Sammy Guevara, Jay Lethal TNT title match, Akarshita, Nyla Rose, TBS title tournament match, Dante Martin and Leo Rush versus The Acclaimed. Ooh. That is the lineup for Wednesday at this point. And, of course, fallout from the Full Gear show where Hangman Page became the AEW champion. You think that'll be in this graphic old hanger? God, I hope so. Should be. Old hey, hanger. do you think they'll have a graphic for, oh, I don't know, Baron Von Raschke? Would you like to uh, explain a little bit further what you oh two little schoolgirls were giggling and teasing about? Hey, you're the ones who put it on the radio. Explain yourself. No, I wasn't. I didn't want to say anything about your, your it, but then Dave was. brought it up. Listen, <laughs> but now it's now it's exploded on the Internet that I booked the match or something like this. 
Listen, yeah, what's up with that? Listen, they were looking for Baron Von Raschke. They asked about, I don't even know how many people they asked for Baron's number. I got it. That's it. I didn't want it to be anything. Look at you. But it had to be made into something. I didn't American? book the show. I wasn't paid for it. I didn't even know why. American Wrestling like, Association historian Brian Alvarez with the link. No way, Keller. Do you have no Rashke's no, number? I didn't know no why. Shire. I didn't ask. <laughs> I got it. That was it. It's not a big story. Did you know that New Japan made a series of announcements prior Wait to the best second. of the Super Juniors? Wait a second. You had the juniors? perfect way to finish that whole thing by saying that was all the people needed to know. It was all the people needed to know. You know what I did like, though, was uh, Jericho on Instagram. He, he, was, he wrote this big, long thing about how happy he was with the match. And uh, at the end, and I actually don't even know if this is true or not. And it honestly doesn't even matter because at least he tried to explain it. He said in Minneapolis... Or, as I like to call it, Minneapolis. <laughs> in Minneapolis back in the day, back in the Barons' day, he said that a Minneapolis street fight, the rules were that the first five minutes were a traditional match, and then after the first five minutes expired, it was anything goes. That's what he said. <laughs> oh, Vern. And, like, he may be right. Yeah, well, it was Vern. I could absolutely believe something like that out of there. Although a real one, actually, in a bar, you'd actually have to get through Mad Dog Vashon or somebody that, uh, who who did all the training for uh, the Road Warriors and Crusher Khrushchev and all those psychop Nikita Koloff. Who was that guy who fell out with Vern and trained all those guys? Eddie, Eddie Sharkey, Eddie Sharkey, that's the true test, was go to Grandma B's and get into a street fight there. And if you could make it, then you could be a wrestler. This person says, Brian, you're sending ideas to Tony Khan on the booking committee now. I think he's joking, but, bro, you know, what, you know what's funny? I have ideas for everybody. You know how many ideas I've come up with for WWE? Like a million. But they don't do any of them. It's like... Whatever idea I come up with, they just do the opposite. Maybe I should come up with horrible ideas, and then when they do the opposite, the booking will be better. I never thought of that. You know what the funny part is, too? All of the ideas that you have seem to be rooted in something that's happened with professional wrestling that may have worked before, which is one of the reasons that AEW seems to be succeeding right now is because they look back at the past, and sometimes maybe they do too many. Sometimes they don't do it in the way I would like them for them to do it, but... For all of the modern twists that they have on wrestling and all of the things that frustrate people about some things about AEW, if they're older wrestling fans, they're still doing pro wrestling far better than what WWE is doing that seems to be going out of the way to not do all of this stuff that had worked for so long. All right, we got main events for the Tokyo Dome. Speaking of, by the way, this was my idea like two months ago. I shouldn't say it, was not, it wasn't my idea, but I mean... Why didn't you tell me I'm paid by New Japan because I had an idea on Observer Live and then they actually did it at Battle in the Valley? It's clairvoyance. It's it's Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is going to face the winner of Shingo versus Okada. Shingo is going to face Okada. Okada's got the old school IWGP <laughs> title. What? 
you're like one of these Baltimore uh, corner people that like can read the future or whatever. Thing I've got the tea leaves right here. It did not take a genius to figure out what they. Oh, may be really? Doing I didn't see belts. anybody. I literally didn't see anybody mention it except me. And then when I did mentioned, you, you were like, "Oh, you could do that." Else? Did you pay attention? All to I do is else? listen to other people. But anyway, the point is, Will Osprey is going to face the winner of the Shingo Okada match on January fourth. He will face the winner on January 5th. And all these belts, all of you, this guy's got this belt, this guy's got that belt, this guy's got Jeff Hardy's belt from when he was TNA <laughs> champion, and eventually we're going to find out who the top dog is in this New Japan promotion. Back in a moment, everybody. Observer Live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If only they had those 900 numbers. I could start a psychic hotline. Make some money for the youngsters to go to school. Granny is Miss Cleo. Granny's not much of a uh, prognosticator. You know, a lot of those great hustlers did come out of Baltimore, too. It's uh, You'd be perfect to move operations there, like Santo Gold and Miss Cleo and the original WWF Productions. And this person notes, speaking of that tag with Jericho, Excalibur was wrong about hockey sticks being invented in Minnesota. They were invented in Windsor, Nova Scotia. Uh, border battle. Here we go. He should be fined every time he has an in, uh, 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 an, uh, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a fact wrong. <laughs> well, you know, I'm pretty sure it's a, a fact that my uh, my uh, great uncle uh, Jerry King Kong Korab knocked out Ted Irvine at some point during their playing careers, and that's the reason that Chris Jericho's got this pent up anger towards me that I did not initiate at all. It's just his reactionary attitude. Although I'm sure he's floating on sky high right now after his victory over Dan Lambert. Let's see how Chris Jericho now comes back to earth. With his next uh, his next offering here, where who who does Chris Jericho face next? What does Chris Jericho do next? That's what I want to find out on Wednesday. Well, maybe we'll find out on Wednesday. I don't know what's going on. I never know what's going on. Why was everybody sitting and clapping at the San Jose show? Were you told to sit down and shut up? Well, I wasn't there at the very beginning, but I don't think people were told to sit down and shut up no. because sometimes they did stand up. They stood up for uh, uh, the Filthy Tom match when Kratos did that big. Kenny Omega dive. They stood up for Okada's entrance. They stood up for uh, the Ishii stuff there at the end. They're just a polite crowd. That's okay. You know what they didn't stand up for? WWE. Get out of here, Mike. We're out of time. Thanks, Mike, as always. Callers and listeners in the studio, my Twitch homies. Seen an hour for Filthy Tom. Video.f4wonline.com. We'll talk to you next time. Wrestling Observer Live.
You have been listening to the Wrestling Observer Daily Podcast on the 8Side Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.